They're coming. A rabid mob of bloodthirsty monsters that want nothing more than to rip and tear the flesh from your very bones. That's right. The British are coming. (laughs) (laughs) But don't worry. This is an American podcast. This is America's foremost Jeremy Renner appreciation (laughs) podcast. I'm Jeremy Renner, your friendly neighborhood sniper man. I'm the number one power user of the Jeremy Renner app, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Hi, and I'm Cleveland Mosier, a.k.a. Hawk Guy. <laughs> I think you mean you're Jeremy Renner, a.k.a. Hawk Guy. <laughs> also, yes. For on this blessed day, we are all Jeremy Renner. <laughs> Posted porn on the Jeremy Renner app. Posted porn out. <laughs> Just the word. Well, uh, this week's episode was my pick uh, from our list of sequels, and so we're going to be talking about 28 Weeks Later, the follow-up to the uh, Danny Boyle-directed, Alex Garland-written zombie thriller from the early 2000s. Uh, 28 Weeks Later came out in 2007. Um, It is not written by Alex Garland and directed by Danny Boyle. Uh, it is instead directed by a guy named Juan Carlos Fresnadillo, uh, who I have never heard of and has directed several other movies that I've never heard of. Um, but as the title of this film implies, it takes place 28 weeks after the zombie apocalypse yeah. that devastates the, the British Isles. So it's a shame this movie isn't terrible, because if it was, I would have called it 28 weeks later, like W-E-A-K. Oh, I see. Yeah. But it wasn't. So, I mean, it's all right. Have any of you guys seen this movie before? No, no this is okay. my first time. This was my first time, too. I do have maybe my most autistic anecdote ever for the podcast here. When I started watching it, I quickly realized that do you guys remember Machinima's like yeah like Red versus Blue sure. sort yeah. of Halo stuff? In middle school, I had watched a full length recreation of Twenty Eight Weeks Later in Halo. No. Yes. No. yes. Like the entire movie. I knew. I remembered this full movie beat for beat. Oh my god! <laughs> Not because I had seen the movie. <laughs> They, like, took the sound from the movie and just overlaid it with fucking Halo Master Chiefs So, like, Caboose is, like, sniping, like, tiny Master Chiefs? Well, grunts and stuff. Oh, of course, grunts. Yeah, you just grunts. Oh, my God. That is wild. I I was I was I feel like ask, I have to see this. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> I could sit through the whole thing. But my, my well, eyebrows... in seventh grade, I had all the time in the world. Sure, so. sure, yeah. But I, I'm definitely if that still exists out there, I would would love to scrub through it and hit some select sequences. Right. Uh, I need to see that uh, that helicopter scene. I forgot about that time. The helicopter. <laughs> I'm just imagined they do it with uh, a, a pelican or whatever. Probably, yeah, yeah. what would have been funnier is if it was a, they did it with a warthog that was just <laughs> flying. <laughs> There's um, a lot of that. Yeah. Well, you know, I was wondering what you meant when you led by referring to it like as autistic. I was like, oh, what do you mean by that? But but it's like, yeah, recreating the entirety <laughs> of a movie of that movie, but keeping the audio is that's a lot of work. 
It's a lot of work. This is a pretty long movie, too. It's just under two hours. It's like an hour 40, something yeah, like yeah. that. I, I respect it, though. I respect the hustle. Yeah, like, I, making, but also, like, entirely why this movie? It must have been new when that came out. Yeah, I mean, it when I was been. in middle school, yeah, it would have been new. It would have yeah. been 07, 08. It's still fucking bizarre. <laughs> Well, yeah, I I did not know anything about this movie going in other than that it was a sequel to 28 Days Later and uh, was shocked to see uh, people like Jeremy Renner and Rose Byrne in this movie. Idris Elba. Idris Elba as well. I feel like I've been seeing watching so many Idris Elba, Elba movies movie. lately. Yeah. Yeah. Ben and I went to see that movie Beast a couple of weekends ago. Uh, we all movie. just went to see the new George Miller, 3,000 Years of Longing. If we're on, I would highly recommend it. I really liked that movie. Yeah, I liked that movie a lot too. 3,000 Years uh, not, not a horror movie, but uh, George Miller heads will enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, not George Miller heads, I think. You know, it's maybe like it's, it's definitely a film like dedicated to his wife. You know, yeah. like it says in the credits, and I, I really appreciated that. But anyway, we're not here um, to talk about that. Yeah, I I rewatched Pacific Rim not that long ago. I feel oh, like yeah. I've just been like Idris Elba's been popping up again and again. Yeah. <laughs> and you have plans to watch The Wire? That's right. Yeah. After I after I finish my Westworld watch through, yeah. so uh, yeah, it's the it's the the it's... fall, the summer and fall of Idris Elba for me, I guess. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, there are worse summer and falls to have. Yeah, That's a good actor. Yeah. And we get a young Imogen Poots in this movie. She went on to play the girl oh. in uh, Green Room. She's one Whoa, of the leads really? of this. Yeah. Holy shit. I, I really did not even recognize her. Yeah, the older teen. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I guess Makes sense now, I right? guess Imogen Poots isn't an actress that I think of often enough that I would necessarily recognize her in this movie, but uh What a name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I didn't realize going into this movie that like it kind of after the the prologue um starts where they're like the uh we've contained the infection all the infected have died uh the Americans stepped in to save Britain and they've begun bringing refugees back into London and we're starting to rebuild I liked it I liked that plot point it's not too often. I thought it was unconventional for this type of movie. Yeah. I don't know if I loved it in execution, but I think conceptually it's cool. Yeah. I like the idea of it being sort of a, a short-lived zombie apocalypse that was like entirely contained just to the UK because, of course, it's an island nation. So if you keep it from getting to the mainland, it would stay there. And it makes sense, too, because these zombies are are rage zombies. They're not the living dead. So after a while, without food, they would starve to death. They would die off. So about seven months after the infection broke out, they got it under control, thanks to America and NATO. (laughs) I was about to say, that's the funniest twist of this movie, is like... Oh, we're going to trust U.S. NATO forces. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> well, and, and I, I do think that intentionally or not, that is kind of a a joke and a continuing theme of this movie from the first one. That mm. like uh, military yeah. forces are 
totally unequipped and ill-prepared to deal with something like this and handle it in the most incompetent, brutal way possible, uh, which... Oh, again, I, it's, it's square it, pegs around holes, right? Like, it's just, it's not what that institution is designed to handle. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, of course not. I found it to be really neat. I, I just, I've been tired of the zombie, mm. you know, arc for well over a decade. It was one of the, one of my many points on 28 Days Later, on that episode, uh, and why I was kind of pleased about how it broke some conventions, but largely it's a lot of conventions that we've seen broken before. Well, um, it, it created the language for the fast zombies that kind of yes. took over after mm-hmm. this, you know? And, you know, like, uh, it and, I know it's not zombies, but, like, uh, you know, it and, like, Cormac McCarthy's The Road um, are, sure. are those sorts of, like, post-apocalyptic stories about, like, the human condition where it kind of digs into, like, realism and whatnot and, like, I thought I was over that a decade ago, and then I played The Last of Us, and it was like, oh, wait, no, there's still so much that can be told with these stories. And since then, there's been a thousand iterations of yeah. that story to the point where, like, I I still haven't gotten around to playing The Second Last of Us. But, like, my point being that I was really pleased to see this movie, after the main credits, was focused on post-infection. Mm. And was focused on, like, the roundup, because we never see that. And it, I, I kind of wish more of it had been about that. They would never have greenlit that movie. I, I'm, I'm amazed this was yeah. greenlit. Because I, I, I could see executives being concerned about, like, it undermining the movie, you know, and it not being, it's like, oh, people paid to see zombies. We got to have lots of zombies in this movie. And they do. But, like... There's still plenty think, of zombies. Yeah. That's ultimately my biggest problem with this one is they, they start with such an interesting twist of premise. And we don't get to see it. We right. get a little bit of that, and then it just devolves into same but bigger and dumber. Yeah, it kind of turns into the same thing about halfway through. Yeah, the, this, this plot would have worked really well as a miniseries. Yeah, I, I could see well, we could that. Have gotten to know the compound a little bit better, and all the people they are living there, and all that. Because I got, I got to live there for a good while. I, I think it. I think what it really Not needed literally. for me was just like maybe a little bit better of a writer. Because mm. I I think the idea of, like, post-zombie apocalypse reconstruction is really interesting, but I thought that, that, like, the first half of this movie was pretty boring because they didn't really show us anything interesting with that reconstruction other than just that it is happening and here are some characters who are there. And then... When the second outbreak happens through, again, an act of sheer incompetence, then it just turns into the first movie again, but with less compelling characters uh, and, quote-unquote, bigger. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't hate this movie, but it didn't, it didn't really wow me all that much. I thought it was just okay, really. Did, did y'all, it's been a while since I've seen 28 Days Later, um, so I don't remember exactly how it ends, but... I was kind of surprised Cillian Murphy wasn't in this. Yeah, I feel like they... Cillian Murphy or however it sounds. I feel like maybe they just couldn't... He just didn't want to come back. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, he isn't, but we get so many great late 2000s actors um, in this, like Jeremy Renner. Um, yeah. <laughs> you say great. I think that's being <laughs> a little bit generous. We get we get the Oz guy, too. Harold Perrineau. He was in Lost and... He he plays the Greek chorus in Oz, the the HBO prison I've show. I've never seen Oz. I know, and he I know gives monologues about stuff like 
prison rape and who is he in this in this movie? Butthole. Uh, he's one of the the military guys. He's the the helicopter pilot. Oh, okay. The helicopter pilot, Jeremy yeah. Renner's friend. Yeah. I've never, this is kind of a tangent, I've never understood the appeal of Rose Byrne as an actress. I've never particularly enjoyed her in anything she's been oh, in. A scientist. Yeah, I feel like in every movie she's in, she always plays such, like, a straight, dry, boring character. I don't feel like I've ever seen her in anything... Yeah where she gets to, like, flex her, like, acting muscles I, if she has them. I feel bad to kind of dogpile here a little bit, but I saw her, and I said, yes, my I, I have seen this actor in many movies. In many movies? I cannot remember a single one. If the color beige had an acting Oh, career. man, that's so mean, but I, I, don't, I don't disagree. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really, I... I don't think she's ever given, like, a bad performance in anything oh, I've seen yeah. her in, but I just never care. I And I don't know if that's just that she takes bad, boring roles, like maybe she has a bad agent, or if she's just not a very charismatic actress. Um, but, she's, yeah, she's she's, she's in this. She is certainly believable. Sure, yeah. And, and she is... Like, she's not a bad actress. No, yeah, no. she feels in... You, you accept her for being in the world... Uh, her lines all feel like her character is saying them. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have no malice. It's extremely serviceable. I, I just, and you know what's interesting though is like, I, I now, mean, in fairness, that, I feel I'm, kind of the same about Jeremy Renner though. Oh, like he's, oh, yeah. he is like the Jesus, male yes. equivalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, abso-fucking-lutely. Like, not to, um, not to, to shit on Rose Byrne too much. I just think that Jeremy Renner is a funnier personality. Yes. Uh, and for I mean, shit like the Jeremy who Renner has the app. Jeremy yeah. Renner app. Yeah, is yeah. Ultimately, going to oh. be a legend. Oh yeah. Uh, that can only be Jeremy Renner. But no, she, uh, my, my mind just goes, was she in one of the Godzilla movies? I don't know. Like, I, she's been in everything. I, and I can't think of anything I know, she's been in. I know she's been in a couple of those Marvel movies, but couldn't tell couldn't tell you which ones or what her character's about. Is she one? Is she a Marvel or is she like? Uh, no, I think she plays like the spouse of one of the heroes. I, th- oh, I think she plays like a CIA or Shield or whatever the fuck, like something like that. Some right. some I government. That was, what's your face from How I Met Your Mother? I guess there's probably. I don't fucking know. I, I like I said. I know she's been in a couple of those movies, but couldn't tell you what role she plays or in which of those movies she's in. Jesus. Yeah, um, it's it's and yeah, and Jeremy Reiner Reiner is very much the same. Yeah, you keep calling him Jeremy Reiner. I don't care. It's not Rob Reiner. Oh, Rob Schneider, Jeremy <laughs> Reiner. She was in X Men First Class. That's right. Yeah. Did she play? I think Maura she... McTaggart. I think oh, okay. she, yeah. uh, Professor X's girlfriend. Yeah. In the comics, anyway. I, I never saw that one. <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Renner uh, is, is also in this movie. Uh, like Rose Byrne, he does a perfectly dry and serviceable performance, as he often does. Um, Did you we mention him? he has an app? 
Should we? Is, or is, had this, an app? is this the opportunity to yes. mention the to talk about the Jeremy Renner app? I'm cradling my head in my hands, but I am. <laughs> I, but you know what? I am excited to talk about this. Let's go ahead and do it. Yeah. That was in that was in what like 2018, 2019, some, yeah, something. Yeah, it was about six months. Something around there. Yeah, he had a short-lived Jeremy Renner app that was basically just like Jeremy Renner themed Instagram, where. Uh, he would post about his day and stuff, and the, the likely his PR team, and the yeah, his PR team probably, and the real Ren heads would comment and say, uh, and say, "Wow, nice! Uh, that's a tasty looking burger, Jeremy. Hope you have a fantastic weekend and shit like that." And uh, then, um, uh, writer for Deadspin, Stefan Heck, uh pretty much single-handedly brought the whole app down. He wrote a very funny article in Deadspin about it. We don't have to describe it in too much detail. I would just suggest people go read it. It's very funny. But the the core of it is, like, uh, when you get a notification from the app, it looks like it's coming from (laughs) From Jeremy Jeremy Renner himself. himself. Yeah, he... the, The gist of the article is that uh, one of Jeremy Renner's posts was something like, what's everybody doing this weekend? And uh, Stefan posted, uh, going to spend the weekend watching some porno on my laptop or something <laughs> like that. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, so when anybody, when any user of the app comments and you get a push notification, it says Jeremy Renner next to a little picture of his head, so it looks like whoever's commenting, <laughs> it looks like it's Jeremy Renner himself. And so somebody posted something like, uh, responded like, gross, not cool, or something <laughs> like that. He posted on Twitter, everybody thinks it's hilarious, swarms the app, mm-hmm. and basically trolls it into non-existence. Yeah. They had to shut it down because it was 100% uh, <laughs> trolls at that I point. I really like... And I think that's a, it's a very the, funny story. The thing, the thing that, like, finally, like, broke the comedy dam and, like, where I lost it is, is the posting from Jeremy Renner, <laughs> <laughs> like, at the end, where he says, like, Hi everyone. I'm really sorry to tell you, but we're probably we're gonna we're gonna end the, the the JR app. This app started as me wanting to share my love of my life with all of you and my fans, and it has slowly devolved into everything I hate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so funny. <laughs> And, like, that is so good, because you can just see, like, him getting, like, furious, like, at, like, the, the, the team responsible for the app, and, like, him not understanding I mean, it, and them not such... really understanding it either, and, like, if it wasn't for what the app is to begin with, which is, like, such a big ego thing that, like, it, it skeezes me out. It's such it a weird, that, misguided idea. His <laughs> message at the end just being like, all right, no, we're, we're done here. I, I kind of respect it <laughs> a little bit. We're just being like, no, we're, this is done. This isn't working. Well, it's it's it great really because th- that that whole story has <laughs> permanently colored my perception of Jeremy Renner as not? an <laughs> as an actor and as a person. And it's like one of the it's like the the thing that I associate with him anytime I see him in any movie. This is another one where where we all watched it separately from one another, and we were like posting 
in the discord after we watched it is like it's like oh we all just went through like this phase of i didn't know jeremy renner was in this this gives us an opportunity to talk about the jeremy <laughs> renner this is all it's getting really excited about that so here we are <laughs> so here we are and we've gone on like a 10 minute tangent about the jeremy renner app well i mean in fairness the jeremy renner app is much more interesting than any performance he's ever given in absolutely 100 fucking percent <laughs> and honestly i would argue more interesting than this movie in general i remember like i didn't know the whole arc of the app but i do remember hearing about the app in like 2019 or whatever Mm -hmm. and i just remember my my first thought was like really him it's like the funniest (laughs) actor that could create their own app he has like like a whole app dedicated to himself yeah like it just a complete (laughs) a completely like milk toast personality the one marvel superhero that never got his own movie <laughs> like, yeah, right. yeah. well he got he has a series now he does <laughs> i wouldn't even know i mean okay so here yeah here here's the thing about hawkeye <laughs> i hate saying that <laughs> um but basically like hawkeye's whole deal is he is the marketing team's answer for what about the ladies like, that's why he's got the app, you know, the whole thing is like, Jer- like Hawkeye's whole deal is, <laughs> no, he's, no, no, way. no, he is, think about it, he's the accessible one. Hawkeye is, is, is the superhero <laughs> that is not intimidating enough that, that you feel like you could maybe Because he it. doesn't have any real superpowers, he he's yeah. just good at shooting a bow and yeah. arrow. Man, you know, my a, biggest... a totally antiquated weapon in a world where guns <laughs> exist. Yeah. And, and, he, and he has that same kind of like Matt Smith troll-like brow line where like, yeah, he like, you know, he's, he's not a 10, you know, he's, he's okay. Like, I'm, I'm probably at his I don't level. know, like, I feel like, not, I feel you know, like a lot of too pe- hard. I feel like a lot of people like you think Jeremy Renner's very sexy because he's accessible because you can you can because your average wine mom can he's perceive the, Jeremy Renner as someone they could they could fuck he's All somebody right? he's somebody that you I'm could I'm telling you yeah he's somebody that you could pick up in the automotive department of Walmart yeah after this yeah. we're gonna we're gonna run a trailer for the Hawkeye show and I, I'm oh, just gonna put to? my hands out and be like you see what I mean because Aww. like that whole show it's it's Disney plus being like this is Marvel for the ladies it's Christmas themed and it's like about family and she like I'm telling so, you it's, it's you like totally geared for wine moms and the shit. Jeremy Renner app was for him to pick up women no wine mom no 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 no, 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 no. you know the, honestly the, 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 the I, thing that's because... really funny about the Jeremy Renner app is like how it, it, it still completely puts up a barrier between him and his fans it, it he is was probably of, um, he was probably never engaging with it himself no. in fact you bring up a good point realistically the Jeremy Renner app was probably a uh Disney Marvel think, almost certainly. think tank idea yeah. Totally, it's a, I, it's a PR I, thing for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think that it probably was not necessarily his idea. He just thought like, yeah, sure, that's cool. Which I can which is also I can, again, kind of why I respect him being like this. I has can become take everything some, uh, I, hate. I can take some black and white pictures of me looking soulfully out a window, so some PR person can post remembering our uh, troops on this Fourth of July yeah, or dude, whatever. You know, totally. Totally, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, what, what's the what's the term uh, parasocial? Like yes. it is it is the epitome of like a parasocial relationship, and yeah, I, I think it's that's the it's a thing it's a forum specifically for people to be reply guys to Jeremy Renner, yes. which is so, it's, it's such a funny idea. Just like the idea of like any individual having an app that's like dedicated just for them and their fans is mm-hmm. so fucking they, funny. You know, to I, me. I I uh, I tend to loathe like 
you know, like actors or personalities that feel like they're above all of their fans or whatever. But on the other hand, though, I could totally see myself like in that position, like seeing some of those replies once and be like, oh, nope, mm, never going to read that ever again. Like, yeah, well, again, like, he probably he probably was never engaging with it at all. Not, yeah, I wouldn't. Either. I wouldn't. No, 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 no. Yeah, like Jesus. <laughs> What's so funny about Jeremy Renner, too, is like in the mid 2000s, like right around when this came out. Hollywood was trying so hard to make Jeremy Renner like the next big movie. The star. Matt Damon. Yeah, he the, was. Yeah, he I, yeah. I was Hurt Locker. Yep, Hurt Locker, uh, and then he also was the uh, Matt Damon replacement for yeah. the the yeah, Born the Born movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one off um, Born movie with him instead of uh, yeah. Of I Matt do Damon. think about uh, whenever I think of Jeremy Renner, I think of the app, of course, but I also think of Hurt Locker. Um, and him crying in the supermarket because he misses war. <laughs> Man, I haven't seen The Hurt Locker in such a long time. I totally forgot about that. I've never seen it. Uh, it's okay. I feel like it's I should check of... it off my list. I remember, I remember liking it a lot when I was in film school, but I don't think that I would probably, <laughs> I don't think I would still hold it in as high it's, uh, it's, regard it's as I did back then. CIA psyops, I think. Like, yeah. sh- uh, Catherine Bigelow also directed Dear Dark 30, which is, like, the epitome of, like, CIA op movie. Man, but Near Dark is real good. Near Dark is great. I it love is. Near Dark, so, I mean, if it's Catherine Bigelow, I, I'd probably give it a watch. I think it's really know. funny that, uh... Propaganda or not, that, I'm, I'm down. I think it's really funny that Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron, who were, you know, briefly married... At, when they went their separate ways uh, as filmmakers as well, she went on to be like CIA op doing pro-war and pro-imperialist propaganda like The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. Meanwhile, James Cameron goes on to do extremely uh, extravagant, self-indulgent, mm. uh, anti-imperialist. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, is why dudes rock. Cause say what you will say what you will about Avatar, and I I still don't think it's a very good movie, but it is. Uh, I think that it, it is anti colonialist. It is it is, un, it is undoubtedly anti colonialist yeah. and anti imperialist, <laughs> and I think that I just think that's funny that yeah maybe he was feeling that James Cameron and, Cath- yeah. and Catherine Bigelow like that's the way that their careers. Uh, and their lives diverged. Also pretty funny that uh, at the 2009 Oscars, it was Avatar and Hurt Locker going up against each other for, like, multiple categories. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. That's pretty wild. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's get back on track and get back to talking <laughs> about to? 28 <laughs> Weeks Later. So the prologue is uh, basically, it kind of sets up, some some important stuff in the movie is some folks hiding out in a house. Uh, the zombies attack and they break in, and uh, uh, a shitty dude uh, abandons his wife to be uh, killed by the zombies. He runs off, leaving her behind. So then that sets him up. He's the father of our two child protagonists, Imogen Poots and then the other kid. Jump forward in time to... The reconstruction period, like we were talking about, there the the kids were refugees in Spain or whatever. They come back to the UK, reunite with their dad, and you know he feels guilt about leaving their mom behind, but you know doesn't tell them so on and so forth. 
then sort of the what gets the the zombie outbreak started is they sneak out of like the the safe zone to go back to their house so the the little kid can get a picture of of his mom since he doesn't have one and he misses her and in the house they find the mom living in the attic she's like almost feral at this point she's been living there for who knows how long oh my god how did she survive almost who knows how long uh seven months yeah <laughs> or less <laughs> that, yes that's right a, f- a few months that idea where they, they have to to sneak out of the compound mm-hmm. and go into the, the the forbidden zone to find their stuff is interesting because it's sort of in this gray area where if you're looking at it from a realism perspective it's like oh you fucking idiots you know like don't don't do that like, well we know we're watching a movie so we know th- something's gonna happen right but but also we're watching a movie and the other thought is this is what your protagonists do. Like, this is this is the kind of, like, this is a dumb heroic decision, right? To, like, get a picture for your brother. And so I was really intrigued by it. Like, okay, you know, because I, I could really see it going either direction as it's happening. You know, as it's playing out, it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I almost feel like they should be rewarded for going out there. And I think it plays out pretty ideally. They kind of are. They, they find their mom. Exactly. Like, um, and it feels very neutral and it feels somewhat believable as well. I like I like uh, that Jeremy Reiner's like, hey, we have some lost puppies. And like, oh, dogs got it. I was like, nah, like kids. You know, mm. that was kind of fun. I like the lingo there. I like I like how the the military stuff, like all the protocol and everything, like feels very believable. Well, you know, within reason to an extent. I mean, yeah, I think once they bring the mom back, yeah, that's when no, that's they, when things, they, they become cartoons. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. become stupid. Yeah. Like, the I, whole reason for the zombie outbreak in this movie is fucking stupid. Sheer, yeah. sheer negligence. Yeah. Yeah. So, the they discover pretty quickly when they get the mom back to uh, the safe zone or whatever that uh, the reason that she survived is because she is somehow immune to the virus, but she's a carrier, so and she has one normal eye and one red eye. Yeah, she eye. is. She oh well, no, she has different. Co- she has different colored eyes. And so does the boy. So that's how they set it up that they have the same genetic. Mm-hmm. But there's whatever. Like, sorry, but there is like one, one of her eyes is like blood. Sh- is like blood bloodshot. Blood yeah. 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 Um. So they say, oh well, she's not. You know, she's infected, but she's not turned. But like, it's still the virus is still all in her blood and her saliva, so she could absolutely infect other people. And then they just kind of leave her unguarded. Insane. So the dad it's, can just sort, waltz in and make out with her and immediately become infected. So I. Yeah, yeah. it's like, you can kind of say, oh, well, they did set up that the dad had, like, an all-access card because he brags about it beforehand. Yeah, he can, but- get, he can get into anywhere in the whole safe zone because he runs the electricity or mm-hmm. so, he's some but, electrical engineer. Like, they also set up the previous night, and I like this setup, that, like, the snipers are all along the rooftops and they're watching the rooms. I liked the dialogue there. I, I like how it starts out by one of the guys just being like, oh, yeah, like... Fucking room 305 is jacking it again. 
Like, you know, like that. Fat guy jacketed on the toilet. Fat guy jacketed on the toilet. Like, I liked that. Like, I thought that was good. And Jeremy Renner's watching a couple have sex, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, kind of ridiculous that the people who live in that building, like, they know the snipers are out there. Like, if you're going to start fucking close the the curtains. Unless they're into that. Unless they're into that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But, like, um... Uh, I, I thought, like, yeah, them kind of, like, just keeping it on everybody, like, they're these, like, very fucked up, like, like, guardian angels was kind mm-hmm. of fun, um, and, uh, it, it felt very human, and so my thought was, like, okay, like, the zombie outbreak is, is essentially over, they're in the cleanup now, like, they're going through, they're, they're, they're just <laughs> gathering up all the bodies, right, like, London is gross, but safe, right? Yeah. Like, there's no one out there except for stray dogs and shit. Like, that's really what the snipers are up there for, you know? Um, and also to make sure no one leaves. Like, right. of course. But, um, so, so you would think, okay, they're posting snipers. Multiple snipers. There's, like, four snipers on the rooftop every night, right? They've got, like, they've got guard running all the time. Why don't they also practice this protocol with this, like, person? Well, that's that's the thing. It's, like, I, I don't have a problem with the fact that the dad has, like access like clearance to get in to see his wife that's not what bothers me the fact that they know that she is contagious with this rage virus that destroyed like the entire uk and the fact that they don't have her under heavily armed guard like at not even least at least one dude posted outside the door to the room that she's but, in and they don't have any of what, that what's so weird yeah. to me also is like on this budget like it is such an there's such an easy solution here like you have a guard posted the guy knows him he bribes him with toilet paper yeah. Right? He bribes him with, with something Well, else. see, the thing is... Like, the reason or he's that, a friend and the he reason sympathizes, so he lets him through anyway. The reason they can't have any guards is because even if you come up with a plausible reason for him to, like, smooth talk his way past them, the whole outbreak getting started again is contingent on him being able to walk out of the room and run around and start biting people and infecting them and even if he smooth talked his way past a guard if you had a couple of guards outside the door as soon as they hear him like brutally murdering the wife who's still uh strapped down to the bed they would just walk in and shoot him Ah, and then and but, problem but see, solved. Like, and I'm I'm willing. The series has already like made a point of like highlighting military incompetence. So like I'm, I'm willing to give them he that. Could, he could have like you know like overpowered the guards, or the guards could have like fumbled or whatever. Like um, I'm willing to give them the military incompetence, but like to what degree, man? Yeah, like yeah. like well, and I think an like for me the oversight. the line yeah the line is like we've gone past it. It's not yeah. posting a guard. I think the guard being overpowered. Like, if there was a guard there and he got overpowered by him, that I'd buy. But we never get to see that. Instead, he just gets out, and then suddenly the whole place is infected. And, we he, don't some, get that chain and he somehow of and he somehow gets into, like, the bomb shelter where they, like, put all of the people. There's so many somehows. There's a lot of them. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and it's, it's frankly, like, kind of a bummer because that's the thing that I'm the most interested in while watching this, right? Is, like, you've set up this house of cards like you've got like this is the last facility you like you know this is this is the the last people like living in britain you know like this is this is it essentially yeah. these are the refugees here's everyone in one room it's being guarded by all these military dudes what's gonna happen it's it's a house of cards considering the politics of the first movie 
we know things are going to go awry. Of course. So let's see how this house of cards topples. And we don't really get to see the domino effect. Sorry, those are two different metaphors, but whatever. Um, uh, like, yeah, how, how are these these dominoes going to collapse? And in, instead, it's kind of like they just all fall over at once. We don't get to see the plink, plink, plink. And I, I wanted I wanted to get, like, yeah. him getting out of the room, what happened. And it's a shame, too, because, like, there's, there's some really cool cinematography. Like, I like how they, they put the camera on him so we get, like, that cool over-the-shoulder zombie vision. I've, I've got my hand up over my shoulder like mm. it's a camera, as I'm and I'm bobbing my head with it. Like, it's... Yeah, that whole like I love those kind of tracking shots. They're fun, especially when that movie came out. Like that was like pretty innovative. Like that, those types of like camera mount shots were, yeah. were fairly new. So it was fun, and it we almost get that. We almost get this cool like chain of events, but they just kind of skip past it. Like we cut to them talking, like Idris Elba talking to her or whatever, and then just suddenly the whole facility is infected. It's like man, I wanted to see yeah. a little bit yeah. more of the progression. There. Well, and we do get that chaotic sequence in like the parking garage. Where they shut the doors and then hell breaks loose essentially, as the kids are kind of running about mm-hmm. and dodging stuff. And I will say one of the biggest positives with this movie, I think, is the cinematography. Yes, I found the graininess oh, really? of the film really nice. It didn't feel like handheld and digital like the original, but I thought the graininess was really aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, I, I, I kind of liked that look, but I I was actually going to bring up one of my bigger problems with the film is that I think the camera work is is uh, is pretty bad. I, I you know, the, the first one was one of those early movies shot on, like, video, mm-hmm. and so it's got that very specific look, and it's, and it's handheld, you know, it's kinetic, which fits with, like, the, the sort of, like, rabid, fast zombies and, like, the frantic struggles to escape and survive, and this movie does, carries that on, but, like, in a world where, like, to bring back the Bourne movies, like, the shaky cam action stuff has fully exploded in, like, the cinematic language. And I thought that so much of this movie during, like, the action stuff was really hard to track yeah. what was going on. So that was sort of, like, my thing is, like, the, the interstitials, I think that there is, like, the answer lies somewhere between the two, right? Like, the interstitials, dialogue, um... A few like creative pulls here and there, uh, like were were really nice and really good to look at. Like I loved a lot of the expository shots in this movie. Like they hold up super well. Like looking at um, all these like big, grand looking shots of of a of a London that has mm. been completely uh, cleared out. It was impressive. It's impressive, like in the first movie for just like those couple of shots. But here the movie's full of them, yeah, and they look great you can't tell like if there's any mat work going on like there's no seams like that i could see anyway like i thought i thought it looked great um but then yeah once we get into action it's so frenetic yeah um that i yeah the the opener for me was kind of a hard sell uh if we want to go back to that in a minute but yeah um yeah i i didn't get a whole lot out of the opener it wasn't until after that I was like starting, I was kind of sold on the movie. Yeah, I I kind of liked some of the There's some neat ideas there. Some of the stuff in the opener, just in, in the prologue, because like 
the house that they're in is like all boarded up so it's like very dark they're like using you know they're eating by candlelight even in the daytime it's like when the zombies get in and they're trying to like flee through the house to escape like that i kind of don't mind the like really shaky cam because it's dark and it's like you can only sort of like get glimpses of what are happening sort of like the characters would be because it is a really frantic sort of moment um but they that's just like carried on through the whole fucking movie and like i found especially the scene where the the infected dad gets into like the the bomb shelter where all the people are hiding like that whole scene i could barely follow what's going on it's somehow the kid the little boy gets on top of everybody and is like crawling like on top of people's like heads and shoulders because the crowd is packed so tight well that's how i I kind of gave up that's how that's how he gets into the air vent but it's I actually... I couldn't fucking tell what what, what was supposed to be I going on I actually really there. liked how chaotic the camera work was there. I feel like if they would have just made the camera that chaotic during that action sequence, I, it would have made more sense than If it was more of a stylistic decision, thing, Because yeah. it feels less of a stylistic decision when every other action scene is yeah. shot the exact same. I think that's fair. But, like, in that sequence... It is supposed to be pure chaos. Yeah. And the untrackability makes sense in a scene like that. That's that's a fair read. I I do still think that when something as kind of, like, weird and specific as, like, the kid being, like, on top of the crowd, kind of, like, surfing on them to, like, get into the air vent. When something like that is happening, I feel like you need to be able to read that a little bit better than they do. Um, And, you know, maybe there's a middle ground there. Um, But uh, in in principle, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, well, and I mean, it's playing with your spatial orientation, like, you don't have a sense of where things are in the yeah. space. And sometimes that works, but they also fumble it a bit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work in an in intentional way. Like, because right after that, they follow it with the sniper sequence where, where they're watching and trying to take people out as they go down the stairs. That's probably my favorite sequence in the movie. See, I think that one is almost too trackable in that because... You you get wider shots of these people, and you know bits and pieces of them on the stairs. It it becomes almost like not chaotic enough. It it feels like you're you're getting very staged little bits where a bunch of people will crowd out around a person. See, and... I'll 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 pivot on that one and and say that I actually kind of like it like that decision in that scene because it's supposed to be from the sniper's perspective. So they're up on top of the buildings, they're separated from the chaos below and they have a a more uh panoramic sort of perspective of of what's going on down there. So I, I don't mind that. What I what I don't like about that scene, what I what I think is is stupid is uh how they handle Jeremy Renner's character in that scene. So the the idea is that they're first trying to like as all the people are like pouring out of the 
the bomb shelter or whatever into sort of like the square. The snipers are trying to like take out only the infected people. Mm -hmm. And then Idris Elba calls for code red, you know, kill everybody. We got to prevent the, the virus from escaping again. So all targets are alive. Shoot everyone. And I think that if they're going to do what they do and make Jeremy Renner's character not like that, then they need to have him disobey that order from the get-go. <laughs> Instead of shooting, like, 20 people and then being like, no, this isn't right. And then he uh, abandons his post and, like, goes and meets up with Rose Byrne and them. Like, I, I think that would make him a better person, Uh and and definitely more likable. Well, that's but, I, but I, that's I how the movies. Were... But that's how the movies portraying him. He's supposed to be the. He's supposed to be a likable heroic character. The movie's telling us know, like he that does... he's the movie's telling us that he's the good guy. Spoiler: He does. He does have to like die and sacrifice himself about three quarters of the way through the movie. And like, I think that's the scientist. I think I think that, that that's the scientist character, and that's the role that she's supposed to have. I do agree. The music, is, but she also is she also has to die and sacrifice herself right <sighs> yes, towards the very end. Yeah, but she gets she gets a little bit more screen time but the uh with with jeremy reiner i i felt it was a little bit more believable that like the military sniper would like kill a number of civilians before maybe kind of coming around i felt if the movie's going for realism i don't know i don't i don't i don't don't buy i don't buy that snap turn i think that if his turn isn't like having to kill people it's having to kill the kid and frankly too like here's the thing right like you're the sniper you're on this roof right you're seeing pandemonium break out and they're infected right in this area. And if they get out and they somehow get, get into the channel, the planet is fucked. Right. Right. Especially, especially like post COVID. We know how this is going to go. Right. <laughs> but like, yeah, the fact that they ever got it under like, control in the first place feels ridiculous. In a, you know, in post-COVID, a post-COVID yeah, society. Of course I agree. But like, we um, shouldn't even say post COVID COVID still happening. Yes, of course. Um, <laughs> it never stopped post outbreak. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I would be very morally torn about shooting civilians in that scenario is what I'm saying. See, because here's the thing, right? Like you are kind of saving lives. Like if that, uh, if that shit gets out, uh, the world is fucked. It sucks. Yeah, but to just but like to decide you feel bad about it, like well, it's, after it's, already killing a bunch of the he has people, a child in his sights. Sure, that's, but that's but what like I, I I just I don't I don't know if I quite see by the distinction because it's not like the adults that he's shooting are enemy combatants. But, but, they're they're innocent people. See, so like the the, fact, the, the, the child <laughs> uh, the child aspect of it is that's what I don't buy. It's like why would he feel worse about killing a this child? This came out so- fairly soon after the Iraq of course. And Afghanistan war started and this is almost sort of a comment on American soldiers. I mean, like, how many civilians do you need to shoot before you start feeling bad about it? I get it. I get it. I'm just saying that, like, to then, from that point, Jeremy Renner to be, like, the totally altruistic, self-sacrificing good guy, like, after he's already shot like, 20 innocent civilians, that's what I don't buy. Like, if you're gonna have him kill a bunch of people and then decide, like, mm, maybe I don't like this and I'm gonna go, like... Oh, then that's just American mindset. Well, well, yeah. Batiste, Batiste, think of the children. Think of the children. The children. Jeremy Renner's thinking My of the children. My favorite logical fallacy. Think of the children. Yeah. 
Jeremy Renner's thinking of the children. I don't know. I guess it's that's a nitpick, but uh, I don't know. I just don't like that. I just don't like his character well, very much. I'll tell you, I'll tell you to, to, to harp on this scene even more. Uh, <laughs> um, what my, my problem is he just kind of teleports downstairs. Yeah. I didn't like that. I didn't like the blocking. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Well, I, I think to, there. To, to go back, to rewind real quick, and I'll put it to bed, but uh, I think a, a way that you could do it too is just show more that he feels guilty about killing those people that he killed and that's why he chooses to sacrifice himself and to like really give it his all to like get these kids out of here is that like fuck man i just killed like a bunch of civilians i've got to atone for that like that is my sin that's why i'm doing what i'm doing because they don't hesitate to show us how guilty the dad feels about leaving his wife behind in a house full of zombies right they give us plenty of flashbacks to show that he feels bad about that so do the same thing for jeremy renner like have it be a redemptive arc rather than just he sacrifices himself because he's the big strong good american you know yeah. I, I don't I don't like that. I do like the way he dies, though. Uh, I do. One thing that I do appreciate about this film is its almost mean spirited brutality towards pretty much all of its characters. I would, I would just say that yeah, this this, this movie, much like the original is pretty fucking mean-spirited. It does not pull its punches at all. The scene where the dad gets infected after making out with his wife, also, I gotta mention a shot that is uh, that I thought was really gross, but I love it, is when they're kissing and they pull their mouths apart and you can just see, like, strings of saliva like, stretching between their mouths. It's like, you know, uh, and uh, you know, before that, we had Rose Byrne talking about how, like, the disease is in, is in her saliva. So it's like, I just thought that shot is, like, a really nice way to illustrate ew, like icky. ew but yeah. then but then like jesus christ we get a a quite extended scene of him uh enraged as a zombie just like absolutely butchering her like as it's, she's strapped down to the bed helpless yeah, it's rough like just beating the shit out of her biting and the puts his thumbs through her eyes and shit and gratuitous yeah it's it's gratuitous and they do similar things with uh the deaths of both jeremy renner and rose Byrne in this movie and i appreciated that because though these are supposed to be our protagonists they don't give them beautiful deaths no. uh and and that is one no of the one things that nobody world. nobody in this movie gets a beautiful death and i appreciate that i i a lot of movies don't do that, and it doesn't need to happen every time, but I appreciate it when a movie is just like, nah, everybody dies horribly. Yeah, you know? I will, I, uh, and that, yeah, definitely to kind of carry through that sentiment, I, I think the, the kills in this movie are just absolutely wretched and brutal. Mm, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think a key example is the the goddamn helicopter sequence. Yes. Oh my god. Holy <laughs> It's so funny. Shit, dude. You know what is? Okay, did y'all see it coming? Because I didn't. Like, I, I was, it, com- it well, completely caught me uh, off. I saw it, I saw it coming about 30 seconds before it happened. Yeah, so I don't, right so I don't know, I don't know if Yeah, you well, can, as soon as he leans in, you're like, oh, I don't know if you can quite yeah. say I saw yeah. it coming, but, uh, yeah. Because, like, because it's, it's, it's really well telegraphed, or not 
you're hidden and it's telegraphing because like he, the other guy like runs up like an idiot and like holds onto the wing and so the the helicopter is like swinging or, sorry we should probably give context the 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 one of the one of the other generic survivors yeah. yeah and he was like yo i thought i was just picking you up and not all these survivors god damn it maybe they should have just said words at each other you know it's, yeah, it's right. one of those kinds of plot points in movies where it's like well if, if they just said words at each other this this whole thing could have been avoided but oh well you know it's like he all he has to say is he is the cure you know or like or whatever and that that's it he's the cure hop on the helicopter like but anyway that's fine it's movie just one of the other random people they brought with him grabs the grabs the 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 bar that the helicopter lands on. Yeah, I don't I'm know. I don't know what the technical pilot. term for that pilot. is. It's not a pontoon, but whatever. Anyway, they uh, whatever the thing is that the helicopter sits on on the ground. The legs. The, the helicopter legs. Yeah. legs. He gra- he, yeah, he grabs the he grabs the helicopter <laughs> toes, and, and it's it's flying around, um, and uh, and it starts kind of spinning a little bit. How did that dude possibly think that that was going to end? Dude who grabs onto the helicopter. <laughs> right? like, did he really think that was gonna work? It's a cartoon thing to it's do. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, the, and there's, like, a whole horde of zombies running at them, and in the last, you think that the helicopter's gonna, like, crash into it, some of the zombies are gonna, like, leap onto the helicopter or something. They're gonna do a but World then, War Z and, like, build a tower up to yeah. it and pull it out of the sure. sky. Well, it's like, I just thought, like, because it was starting to kind of spin out of control a little yeah. bit, that it would spin just low enough for one of the zombies to... It almost seemed like the helicopter pilot was, like, comically trying to shake the guy off. I thought that's what he was doing. Yeah. I What I thought he, he was, was doing yeah. is that he was trying to swing the dude off of the helicopter <laughs> into the horde of zombies to distract them. Yeah. Like, I thought that that's what he was trying to do, and which would have been funny. Leans, and then he leans forward on the... Uh, joystick the yeah the the helicopter hand and he it's uh, a joystick and he uh dips it down and just fucking buzz saws through all these zombies which is the most he he lawnmowers through them yeah Yeah, and i don't think that's how helicopter blades work i don't think so either i feel like if i I, I feel like if they're low enough that they're like cutting up a bunch of people then odds are you're gonna hit the ground and it's gonna whatever uh, I thought that scene was great. I loved that. Yeah, and just like this huge field of just fucking like mangled body he parts. Mows, he mows through like a small battalion of zombies, and it is. It's not played up in a fun way. It is just mean. It's just a mean sequence. Like it's just. It's it's bitter. I don't think it's too mean because it's happening to the zombies. They're beyond like they're beyond yeah. the point of saving. Yeah. I think that's one of the less mean things that happens in this movie. Yeah. So who cares about? There's something about like the way it's. it's a, it not... would have been more mean if he had flung the dude no, hanging I, from the I helicopter. Mean, into... like, like the subject matter is hilarious, but like what I mean is like the way it is presented to you is like I mean it's br- it's brutality they're not, it's they're not brutality, blasting yeah. like Credence Clearwater you know <laughs> or or like a, a pop song maybe they should have been I, I mean it would have been on point for the tone because again like it's it's a cartoon thing that he's doing right um which again kind of I mean also just kind of does sort of defeat the purpose of like what the first movie is trying to do because the first movie is trying to shoot for some degree of realism mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. but it's the sequel bigger better yeah, I guess. Yeah. More Jeremy Renner. More Jeremy Renner. Renner it up. One hundred percent more Jeremy Renner than the original. Yeah. I, 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 this movie's definitely running, rendering away with itself. Just I stop. I, <laughs> no. Yeah, it's probably time. 
but it's still presented as like shock and awe. It's still presented as oh the horror, and sure. it's it's horrifying. I, don't know, I thought it was pretty funny. I think it's rad. Yeah, I mean, definitely don't don't cut it. Ne- never cut the helicopter chop sequence. But uh, but yeah, I just I just think it's just one of the other things where like the tone of this movie is just it's very angry. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, like, Jeremy Renner's big sacrifice or whatever is, like, they're trying to get away in the car, and, uh, like, the, 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 uh, like, extermination team has come in, and they're, with their flamethrowers and stuff, and Jeremy Renner has to get out of the car to push it to get it started or whatever, and, uh, his own boys just fucking torch the shit out of him with a flamethrower, but then you've got, like multiple shots of like him fully on fire like sort of stumbling down the street after the car and then like looking out the window at him like before he like finally collapses a really long way he does it's like he does again he does not have like a quick dignified death (laughs) like he gets set on fire and he's like emulated he's like stumbling down the street like burning for like 30 seconds before he goes down Yeah. yeah and uh well and and sort of the same thing with Rose Byrne's character when they get into the the subway or whatever. I, I thought that that sequence was kind of cool where uh, they're like in the subways and it's pitch black and she has Jeremy Renner's gun that has like the night vision scope. So she's kind of like directing the kids like how to walk around the bodies and I stuff. I thought the idea was good. The problem is, is that the plot still needed like something bad to happen, which makes her look incompetent. Sure. Her direction, like, when she's like, oh, step to the left, no, the other left, like, and the way it ends, the kid's just, like, fucking... Falling down the escalator. Falling, yeah, yeah, like, 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 yeah, just absolutely, like, eating shit down the escalator to the point where they just kind of disappear in, like, a body of, like, a pile of corpses at the bottom was... It made her look really bad. Like, like, you gotta look after those kids, you know? Yeah, she wasn't doing a very good job of it. No. Um, I mean, but. Uh, once they're down there in the dark, the the dad zombie shows up because he somehow got out of the whole thing. Uh, again, like pretty uh, brutally beats Rose Byrne to death. Again, not uh, not dignified at all. Um, and then uh, attacks the little boy and bites him before Imogen Poots comes along and shoots the dad. Uh, I guess it's supposed to be a cathartic moment. I, I, I don't feel like they they did enough to like set up the relationship with the dad and the kids for like that to be like time. That's why a I meaningful, there was plenty of time. There just wasn't shit going on in the movie when they could have been doing stuff like that mm. in the first half, you know? Cause like I, I didn't have feelings about it one way or another where it felt like that it was like really hard for her to kill her dad or that it was like a cathartic moment because she hates her dad. Like it didn't feel like it was really leaning in either of those directions. Like I feel like there should have been more of her like getting mad at the dad when she finds out that like he left the mom behind to die like then maybe that moment would have had some more impact it doesn't really so she kills the dad but not before the son gets bit but because he has the same genetic whatever as his mom he doesn't turn but he is carrying the virus 
they make it to the the football stadium or whatever to meet the helicopter guy uh they escape whatever and then we get a a sort of epilogue of a bunch so of dumb. a bunch of zombies running towards the Eiffel Tower so because we know they that go through the tunnel yeah and they, and, and they they uh yeah so then they come out in Paris and it's like here's here's what I don't like about that right like it's i get that the movie is mean spirited the original is too it's fine but i come away from it and i really don't know how i'm supposed to feel because here's the thing right like I know I said for during the helicopter sequence, like, all he has to say is he is the cure, but he's not really the cure. And I wanted to talk about this, right? Like, the mom and the son have some sort of genetic thing that does keep them immune from the virus, right? But they're still carriers. Right. Okay. So, theoretically, yes, you could synthesize a cure from that. Totally could. Mm-hmm. Totally could. But... During this point of the movie, the plague, the virus, has been isolated and eradicated, right? Yeah. It's over with. <laughs> so Idris Elba's right. Kill her. She's ca- she's one of the only people still carrying this virus. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if... If, um, I mean, as far as we're aware, she is the only one who... Yeah. The only living yeah. carrier of the like, virus still, you, yeah. Like, if you find out that, like, this one person has smallpox, I'm grimacing right now. Like, you see what I mean? Like, like it's like, it's they, a very, they've done it. It's a very they utilitarian. Have, they have won the day. Isolate, well, then, then isolate them, it, right? It's the trolley problem, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's the, the trolley, trolley problem. problem. Right. And it like, literally is the trolley <laughs> problem. It, is. it yeah. absolutely is. And, like, I get it. And it's like, okay, the human condition, the human spirit, having faith in humanity, but I'm sorry. This is like, again, I'm looking outside the window right now. Yeah, like, pull that motherfucking love. Like, like I'm sorry, but, um, uh, and I, I generally, I hate, I hate, like, this end of the trolley problem, it's, it tends to be very authoritarian-leaning. I get that. I'm sorry. But, like, the the reality is that this isn't a situation where, like, the zombies are still out and about, right? They've all died. Yeah. They've all starved to death. The world is safe until this person shows up. Yeah. So even in the best case, so we, we know how to deal with this virus. It's not good, but we know how to deal with it, right? Sure. And all the kids do is restart the whole thing. They're they're not the heroes. They're now responsible, considering like the, the zombies got through the tunnel, however the fuck that happened. See, I didn't read it as that. I read it as that the fact that the kid was infected and they took him, that they he got away, that then somehow the virus got to the mainland. Because I feel like in the original outbreak, one of the very first things they would have done when it started to get out of control is is blow the channel. To yeah, isolate right? to isolate the the British Isles, so I I mean I don't know it's not super clear but that's I that's how the zombies it, like running through it, like an underground tunnel I just assumed that was the channel. Well, no, because I don't, I don't they exactly know what the channel looks like because not, the channel doesn't come out into Paris because they're running like through a tu- an, an indoor area and they come outside and the Eiffel Tower is right there like that's, yeah, that's the, well, yeah that's not where the channel no, comes out no, no that I, I know, it's, but, it's just I, it's just to show that the virus has made it to the mainland now we're all fucked yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there have been, uh, for many years now, uh, rumors slash plans that have never really, uh, 
materialized to to do a third one. Twenty eight years later. I think it's twenty eight months later. Actually, oh yeah, I think that was I the plan. Months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. got to go from weeks to months. Yeah. Um, but I mean, geez, at this point, they could do twenty eight years later, later, right? Yeah. It's been fifteen years since this movie came out, so um, be cool if they did. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of bring back I, Kelly Murphy for that. I'm kind of ambivalent about a, a see another one. Yeah. I the only I think the only way that I would be in any way interested is if they got Danny Boyle and Alex Garland back to 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 do the partnership. Like if yeah. they had a sequel in mind, then that could be interesting. See, in a lot of ways, I I recently re, uh, watched through the whole Resident Evil movie series. Oh, see, and, I watched through the Resident Evil Netflix scene and, uh, <laughs> that has since been canceled. And uh, the second Resident Evil movie, Resident Evil Apocalypse, is a lot like this movie. Like, it shares a lot of beats and everything in, like, military men, uh, you know, at first trying to isolate and kill zombies and then just killing everyone. Mm. And so the the movie after that was... Resident Evil Extinction, where... Uh, and then they did, what, three more after that? Yeah, like three or four. <laughs> and Nine so... Uh, seven? Seven, eight, I think. Eight, seven if you count eight. the Raccoon City remake one of a couple years ago. But... Um, that was this year, wasn't it? That was the tail end of last year. Yeah. yeah Not quite sure. a year ago. Um, yeah, if they did a 28 months later, it would have to be, like an extinction sort of thing. Where yeah. It's just, you know, a roving gang of survivors. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Well, I mean, that was the first one. Because in the first one, it's like we didn't know how far the thing had spread, you know? Because we were only getting the character's perspective. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where you take this franchise from here in a new and interesting way. Well, I mean, you don't take it anywhere. That's the yeah. easy answer. Yeah, no, I and I, I think you're right. I'm just trying to think about, like, if they did do a 28 months later or whatever, like, what could they bring to it? And I kind of struggle to think of, like, a particularly interesting perspective that is not just these same two movies over again. Well, like, it, it would have been a lot better if, like, this movie kind of ended on, like, a slightly more positive note, and the, which, again, isn't really on brand, and I get that, but... See, like, yeah, you 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 do have like it stay isolated to Britain. In in twenty eight months least later, you uh, you have Umbrella has a like deep underground facilities, and they take the boy who's immune and make clones of him and keep testing on him. Oh, okay. And then uh, you know at the end of the movie, he escapes with his clones and vows to take down Wesker. So you um, and. <laughs> They so have it, a sick fight where... You just uh, totally abandon any pretense of grounded realism and you just do Resident Evil, yes, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think there's plenty of movies that did that. Uh, there were seven Resident <laughs> Evil movies. <laughs> so, uh, Yeah, I think, um, actually, a, a, a good parallel uh, to, to bring it up again is the first chapter of The Last of Us. Like, after the opener. Um... You know, Joel is in a compound that is militarized, and I and I, I saw a lot of parallels between the way that was run, and I, I really like how the, the the compound is run in The Last of Us because they are like 
without question treated as prisoners. Like, there's no ambiguity there. Um, and it, it, it's very Orwellian. And I, I liked that. I, See, I, I feel like, like The Walking Dead has done that, though, like, multiple times. Yeah. That show is still on somehow. The, Some the it's, fucking hell. I feel like it's been in the final season for, like, the last three years. Well, they have, like, four spinoffs, too. Yeah, well, they've got... they've Fear got the uh, Walking Dead, they've got a the couple Walking of... Dead, Sleep the Walking Dead. But it's like, I, I seriously feel like since the start of COVID, they've Brunch. been they've been being the like, Dead. this is the, f- the final season of The Walking Dead. And it's like that season has been going on for just like however many goddamn years. Anyway, well, I that's think they the saw that they were doing like two part final seasons. And they were like, okay, let's do a 17-part final season. Yeah, man, I, I feel like the, if I'm remembering correctly, like, the first season of The Walking Dead was only, like, six or eight episodes. Yeah. And then when that shit really got roll, I gave up around season five. But when that shit really got rolling, they started doing, like, uh, like the, the old network television formula of, like, 20-episode seasons. And it's like, generally, I'm in favor of, of long-form television like that. Um. Um, but, uh, God, that show should have died so many. It, that show truly is The Walking Dead. Yeah. It, it has been dead and walking for many years. Anyway, do y'all want to rate 28 Weeks Later? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Um, eh, I don't know. Three out of five is okay. Yeah, I would agree. Three out of five sounds right. Uh, it's very middle of the road. Yeah, I would agree. Three to five sounds pretty good. It's about middle of the road. <laughs> well, there it is. A unanimous three out of five for 28 weeks later. Uh, next week is a new movie, but which one? Do you uh, remember? Pearl. Pearl. Jesus Pearl. Christ. Pearl. Pearl. The, the prequel to X, which is a movie that... Only came out six months ago. Pearl Quill? <laughs> and we're Surprise. All, yeah, Pretty that cool. uh, Ty West shot at the same time as X because he had the set for longer than anticipated, so decided to just do a whole nother movie. I respect so it. So what happens when you're uh, ahead of schedule and under budget? And, uh, you know, yeah, it's... it's king, man. It is kind of king shit. We'll, we'll determine... Whether the movie's actually just, good, if yeah. it is really someone like works shit. at a production company, any artist who's capable of coming in ahead of schedule on under budget is a fucking king, well, in my opinion. Yeah, if he makes a second movie, <laughs> like, I respect with the shit out the, of that. The resources he has, and it's just completely opportunistic. And I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just wondering how much of it and is just great. how yeah, X was great. X was yeah. great. But X my, gave it to me. my question is, is this just going <laughs> to be X again in the twenties? Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so next week, tune back for our review of Pearl. Will it be before swine? We'll, we'll find <laughs> out. Sponsor time. Sponsor time. Ring a ling ding. That's the sponsor thing. <laughs> Oh man, I, I'm starting to wonder too if like the sponsors are actually as funny as we, we as we are giggling over them, or if it's just like a Pavlov's dog effect, and it's like, oh, time for giggles. Here's the sponsor. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Nobody listens to this podcast. Who cares? Yeah, all right, all right, sponsor. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, this episode is brought to you by the cream that defines the soul of a righteous man. <laughs> Why do I 
going to say after that? The, the, I'm just going to say it twice. Uh, the, this episode is brought to you by... God damn it. This episode is brought to you by... <clears throat> the cream that defines the soul of a righteous man. Oh, yeah. Get the your... cream of the crop. You know, Macho Damn, Man. You dig it. No. No. That's no. raw guy. No, that's from the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage was a wrestler. Yeah, sorry. The, the, the Warrior has such wrestler energy. I mean, correct. Fair, though, I, yeah, I, yeah, all yeah. the gangs are dressed up like different wrestler factions. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Can you dig it? Yeah, the end. I can dig it. I can dig the cream of a... What, what was it? I can, hold on. <laughs> I can dig the cream. I can dig the cream. The, cr- the cream rises to the top. Yeah. Thank you. That's right. The Randy Orton. Uh, the cream no. defines <laughs> all of the righteous wrong. man. That's wrong. Sorry, Triple H. My bad. Uh, that's that's it. That is it. The cream. That's for, the cream, that's it. That's it for the show. If you like the show, leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts, please, and thank you, why don't ya? Uh, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Shout out to our honorary pod boys, Sam Simon and Zach Confer. Y'all are the best. Loves and kisses. Uh, you could follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod and at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. You can find me on Twitter at some spooky snake and uh, also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash some spooky snake. Uh, spooky Saturday is when you're listening to the, if you're listening to it when it comes out, it's this weekend. It's this weekend. Ooh, uh, Saturday. Oh, it's this. Cream. It's this Saturday. It's your spooky cream. It's which cream is Saturday, spooky uh, Saturday cream. Cream Saturday, <laughs> which is, uh, <laughs> I believe, is going to be September seventeenth. You're gonna cream for this it's cream Saturday on and September seven cream. <laughs> come so, cream. on September seven cream. Come, uh, come, <laughs> come, join us or me. For uh, Spooky Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, I'm going to play Outlast. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's it for me. Cream and excitement. Can you last before you cream? We'll find we'll out. We'll find out. Stay tuned. Ben. In space, no one can hear you cream. <laughs> um, uh, can. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And you can find me. Very rarely tweeting for LiDAR Studios. We put out progress on very slow progress, and it's years back. You can also find my work primarily. You can actually find my work on uh, uh, Dread XP, where we are putting out all sorts of cool, spooky games and other things. Uh, uh, stay tuned or check in to the Realms Deep Showcase. We have some game, cool game announcements. It's, I think it's already happened. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> I forget. I can't ever keep track. Um, uh, I, I, I'm going to PAX, but PAX is already over. That's well past at this <laughs> now, point. Now, <laughs> like it was that's last well, week. That's well past machine. when this Open episode comes out. Uh, and, uh, Mortuary Assistant is still a very good game. And check out our other games. We have a lot of them. We put out a cool update on Dread Delusion. You can have a house. That's it. All right. Thanks for listening. Here comes the cream. Yeah.
the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job. Had second hands. Moms bounced on old men. So then we moved to Shallon Land. A young dude, you're rocking the gold tooth. Low goose, only way I begin to G York was drug loot. And let's start it like this, son. Rolling with this one and that one. Pulling out gats for fun. But it was just a dream for the team who was a fiend. Started smoking wolves at 16. And running up in gates and doing it. Respect my uh. 